What is up, everyone? Welcome into ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I'm your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. As always, for more content during the offseason, make sure that you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. Tonight on the show, we will get ready because tomorrow is mandatory minicamp. I'm excited about it. I know that it's still early in the offseason. This is still phase three of the offseason, which means no live contact yet. So we have to wait a little bit longer for that. But we do see a lot more in mandatory minicamp. And that maybe has to do with a lot of reasons, mainly the fact that it is mandatory, whereas OTAs, veterans can miss these uh, practices. Not anymore. So one of the storylines of the week as well will be Dalton Schultz, whether or not he shows up. But we see more installation during the minicamp process. We learn more about where the Cowboys are lining up their guys, where people stand on their respective rotations. And it seems to me that the media has way more access during mandatory minicamp than they do on OTAs. Because we learn very little during the OTAs process. So mandatory minicamp will be exciting for all of us. It's the last that we will see from the Cowboys in action before training camp late in July. So, you know, let's make the most out of it for sure. And let me tell you what is up, Robert, Tom over there at Facebook. We also have Gilbert over there, Kevin Knight. Thank you, everyone, for tuning into the show. Make sure that you hit the like button and share the stream as you join this primetime episode. Cubo to Stephen White, what is up? I like the Cubo right there. Uh, those, if you know, you know. Professor O says, 10 and 4 Golden State up early. I completely forgot about that for a, for a moment there. I completely forgot that we had a game five tonight on the NBA Finals. But anyways, let's talk about the most important Cowboy player in this mandatory minicamp, or at least to me, the guy that intrigues me the most. And I will put up this question here in the chat right now. Who are you expecting to be wide receiver number two in minicamp? Forget about the regular season for now. Jalen Tolbert, to me, is the most intriguing player to follow this week. We have not been able to look at him on OTAs because he was dealing with an injury. Now he is expected to be ready to go for mandatory minicamp. And I believe that this is a fair question because Michael Gallup is injured. So, you know, there's CD Lamp. But after CD Lamp, who else can claim the number two wide receiver role for the Cowboys? So do you believe it will be Tolbert or other? Because we've got James Washington there waiting for an opportunity, one of the very few free agent signings by the Cowboys. There's also, you know, younger players like Simi Fehoko, TJ Basher, and all of those, but they're clearly down there on the depth chart as compared to the, the guy that just got picked by the Cowboys in the third round. And yet, stepping in as the number two wide receiver of a team is a pretty tall task for a third round wide receiver but I agree with Tommy who says Tolbert Kevin Knight says Tolbert has big upside uh toxic here jokes with Ryan Knoll he does it all 
I am going with Tolbert. I think that this week during the practices, Jalen Tolbert will be the number two guy. And I'm excited about hearing about that. Where will the Cowboys line him up? What kind of routes will he be running? Where is he struggling? Where is he not struggling? Uh, I like the James Washington signing. I just have trouble believing that the Cowboys will give the guy on the minimum veteran contract the reps as the number two wide receiver, right? Uh, Ryan Doyle says, I feel like that James Washington will take over that role. And make no mistake about it, if it happens, then that's a major win for the Cowboys because they got him on a very, very cheap contract during free agency. So they would be getting a absolute steal. But I think that it will be Tolbert. Uh, Kevin Knight says, not feeling Washington as a number two. Tolbert for Dallas Junk. Gregory goes with Tolbert. I think that's the answer. And once again, I feel like it's a surprise because not a lot of us expected Jalen Tolbert to have this big of a role as he entered the offseason. But Michael Gallup's injury changes everything. So the reps are out there, right? Lumen says, other. I say that they go free agency, maybe DK Metcalf. That would be for be a, a trade, but it, it won't happen tonight, right? So on minicamp, it will have to be Jalen Tolbert. Gilbert goes with Washington. And Craig says, Washington will not make the team. This has been a prediction of Craig here over at Facebook for a while. I think Tolbert will get the reps in the next few days over there in mandatory minicamp for the Dallas Cowboys. And speaking of Jalen Tolbert, such a rare situation. Third round draft pick with high, high expectations. And we've talked about the over-unders set for plenty of first round wide receivers or even second round wide receivers throughout the NFL. And these over-unders for receiving yards as rookies are usually up there about at 750, 800 and something yards. Rarely do, they, do you see those numbers go up to the 900s. But since Jalen Tolbert, we'll have a pretty specific scenario or we'll be in a pretty specific circumstance with him stepping up as a number two wide receiver, potentially, if Michael Gallup is not ready to go. And, you know, predictions for how much time Michael Gallup will miss are up there between four weeks. And some people say that he will even miss half the season. It doesn't seem to be very clear yet. But if he ch if he misses half a season, for example, Tolbert might just get an opportunity to be the first Cowboy rookie wide receiver and I know this will be a crazy one, but let's, he has a shot. Let's talk about it. Jalen Tolbert has a chance at being the first Cowboy rookie wide receiver since the NFL merger to pass the 1,000 receiving yards. From 1 to 10, how likely is it for Tolbert to pull that off? Now, it's not likely, so I don't want to see, you know, tens up there in the chat. I mean, feel free to do so. If you are, you know, a bullish Cowboys fan. But from 1 to 10, how likely is it for Tolbert to pass 1,000 yards? I know that we will get low scores for this question. But hear me out. Here are the numbers for some of the, you know, 
Cowboy rookie wide receivers with the highest receiving yards as rookies. At number one, you've got CeeDee Lamb, who got pretty close at 935. And hey, it was CeeDee Lamb. He was pro-ready. We knew that starting the season. But you could also argue that maybe he would have passed that mark if Dak Prescott had been healthy for the entire season. Mike Sherrard in 1986 got 744 T. Will, Terence Williams, 736 in 2013. And then Bryant, but that's Antonio Bryant at number four. Michael Irvin at number five. But look at those numbers. They're usually lower and lower numbers. Des Bryant with 561. And then Michael Gallup, which is a direct comparison to Jalen Tolbert because of everything that we have talked about. His strengths, what his role could be on the offense Tolbert has earned and had earned even before the NFL draft comparisons to Michael Gallup. But when Michael Gallup entered the Cowboys, was he really a number three, a number two guy? Because it seemed to me that he was more of a number three. So let's see some of your answers here from one to 10. Can Michael Gallup pull it off? Can Jalen Tolbert, excuse me, pull it off? 1,000 yards. Professor O, not so optimistic with the one. Joey Bella with the 6.3. Craig goes with the absolute zero. Tommy with the three. Toxic Tom with the 0.5. Gregory with the three. Robert says, Perryman would be cheap and it would work. Oh, I would be in for getting Perryman on the Cowboys. Kevin Knight with the eight, six. Over under like four and a half, says Dallas Junk. Null will be in the 53 trip out, says Stephen White. I would love it if it happens just because of the jokes that we've been getting here for a while. So, yeah, I will go with a low answer as well. I will go with the two, maybe. Let's put it at three. Just because, you know, there's one more regular season game now. I am optimistic on the Cowboys offense. I think they can bounce back somewhere in between. I'm not saying that they will be the highest scoring most efficient offense in the league but I am guessing it will be somewhere in between what we saw in the first half of the season last year and the second half of it it will be somewhere somewhere in there someone will have to catch Dak's passes and it will not always be CD Lamp so I'm holding out hope that maybe Jalen Tolbert gets a chance at going for the 1,000, even more so because Tolbert is a vertical guy and he will be used in the deep passing game. I know it's I know it's not easy. I know it's not easy, but I will hold out hope and I will go with the tree from one to ten. But yeah, the guy that I'm looking forward to hearing the most about during mandatory minicamp has got to be Jalen Tolbert. I want to see where he stands in the rotation where they are lining him up, because in mandatory minicamp, you will get way more 11-on-11, way more 7-on-7, and the Cowboys will be installing more stuff. Now, the reason why Bullet Bob is there in the overlay is because Bob Hayes did get over 1,000 yards as a rookie. Now, that happened before the NFL merger, so definitely other times, different times there. But Bullet Hayes, uh, just uh, Bullet Bob Hayes, crazy story. If you have not 
if you're a young fan like me and you don't know about Bob Hayes, make sure that you check out his Wikipedia page at the very least because he was a gold Olympic medalist and he also won the Super Bowl with the Dallas Cowboys and he also had, what, uh, two first-team All-Pros in his career. So that's just a fun story to read about. He's in the ring of honor, by the way. So if you're a young Cowboys fan like me, make sure that you, you know, you have homework. You have primetime homework. You have been assigned schoolwork. So go write an essay on Bob Hayes. Just kidding. But for real, though, crazy story there. I, I believe he's the only athlete, and I had to make sure about this this morning when I was prepping for the show. He's the only athlete ever to have an Olympic gold medal plus a Super Bowl ring. Dallas Junk, thank you for your comment. Thank you for your donation. He says, cannot wait for the season. Good content as always. I appreciate it, Dallas Junk. Thank you for your support. Uh, I love it. I love it. Uh, gold medalist, fast as lightning, says Kevin Knight. Ring of honor. Man, will we get that induction in the ring of honor that we have been waiting for a long time? I believe that we were going to get it last year. I really did when they when Troy Aikman, no, when Jerry Jones, excuse me, and Jimmy Johnson were out there on the Fox pregame show talking like old friends, like two guys that love football out of Arkansas. I thought we were going to see it. I thought we were going to see it last year. We didn't. Jerry Jones regretting stuff in press conferences, talking about how Barry Switzer pretty much reprimanded him for not having Jimmy Johnson coach the team. Whew. Never going to happen, says Craig. It has to happen, though, right? Like, at some point, it just has to happen. <laughs> I understand the, the, the sentiment, though. I just... I think it will. I think it will when we least expect it. Stephen White says they hate each other. Pretty much looks like, looks that way. Uh, let's see. Professor O says, My six-year-old is obsessed with Bob Hayes because I gave him a jersey card that I had. He called me at work last week and asked, Dad, who was better, Bob Hayes or Emmett? <laughs> Proud dad moment, LOL. <laughs> That's amazing. That is amazing, uh, Professor O. Anyways, moving on to what else we are looking forward to seeing on this mandatory minicamp that will start tomorrow, June 14th. Dalton Schultz is the obvious answer, right? And the question for me to you guys is, make your bets. Dalton Schultz will or will not attend minicamp. Since it's already mandatory, Dalton Schultz could face fines, important fines, if he chooses to miss mandatory minicamp. He's just, he's, he might make this statement. He might be that pissed with the negotiations. Or he might just, you know, miss OTAs and not really do a lot in the third week. I think he will be attending. And I can see that the chat feels exactly the same way. I cannot see any single answer that disagrees. Robert over at Facebook says he will attend. Tom also with the will attend. Gregory, he will be there. He will be there, no doubt. 
he cannot afford to miss, says Robert Chuk. And I agree with that. Yet the reports did indicate that Dalton Schultz hadn't decided yet. Now, remember, under the new CVA, and that's what makes it interesting, fines cannot be, quote unquote, forgiven or even reduced by the team. Like if they implement the fine, if they don't excuse their player, then he cannot get that fine back, right? However, if Dalton Schultz camp and agents feel like we can make that money back with the contract, you cannot dismiss the possibility entirely. But it's a lot of money. It's close to $100,000, right? Like uh, $96,000 says Iceberg Slim. He's not letting that money go. Yeah, I think he will attend. I think uh, Dalton Schultz will be there. And I'm not entirely sure what will have changed after he decided to miss the third week of OTAs. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, Dalton was wrong or anything like that by missing the third week of OTAs. Respect to him by, you know, using the leverage that he has. I don't, I don't think that he misses minicamp, though. What is up, Louis? Thank you for joining the show. Toxic Tom says, in today's economy, <laughs> go to camp. LOL. <laughs> yeah, man. Matt Willetsko will get his job, says Stephen White. <laughs> there you go. Some other storylines to follow in tomorrow's minicamp. Tony Pollard, where is he lining up once again? Minicamp maybe doesn't change that much because live contact is still not allowed because it's still part of the phase three of the offseason right before a training camp, the last portion of it. But we do see a lot more installation. So let's keep an eye out for where they're lining Tony Pollard because where they're lining him up because... We've seen plenty of reports that may, many are expecting the Cowboys to go through with this and this time around really use Tony Pollard in a lot more different ways, put him in the slot, put him in motion constantly, get him the chance to get on space, in open space, and do his thing, do some damage with his explosiveness, with his acceleration. Uh, the slot where he belongs is not at running backs. It's correct. Now, that I'm not entirely sure that I agree with because I do like I do like him as a running back, so we know that. And I and you know, we've talked about this before. A lot of people have talked about this. It's not like you need to line him up as a slot pre-snap. A lot of these most efficient offenses around the league will motion, you know, their backs out of the backfield on, into the line of scrimmage and then just let them do their thing from there, we could see a lot of that. You could see a lot of unpredictability. Uh, I think he does belong at running back. I would play him at running back still. I would just get, find ways to line him up as receiver. But he, he needs to be a running back, in my opinion. I'm not entirely sure that if you transition – Tony Pollard into a wide receiver role specifically, I'm not entirely sure that that will work out. So I will disagree with Craig there. Craig says, and, and he doubles down, he says, he is not a running back. Go watch his college film. Go watch his NFL film, though. He is a running back. Can he be more versatile? Can the Cowboys use him in more creative ways? Yeah, for sure. Should they play him more at 
slot wide receiver and get him involved in those routes? Sure, I agree. But go watch his, his NFL tape. That guy can play running back in the league. He can really do it. Mo, you know what we didn't run enough last year? Says Toxic Tom. Screaming passes. <laughs> and you know, I think I never went uh, true with this. I wanted to evaluate every single screen pass by the Dallas Cowboys. And I wanted to do that because they were close to average in terms of usage of screen rates, of screen passes. They were not that high. They, they were like somewhere near 16th place in the league in percentage of screen passes. But I think the problem was that they kept going at it when they, when they were not working closer to the middle of the season. What else to watch? We, you know, there's a lot to watch. Someone mentioned pre-show that they wanted to look at the kicker, Jonathan Garibay. We have not heard a lot from the Cowboys kicker because they work outside. And when the media was allowed into the OTA sessions, they were usually inside. So not a lot of info yet on how Jonathan Garibay, the undrafted free agent for, for the Cowboys, is doing. But definitely something to keep an eye out. And of course, you know, unexpected moves. Because we've seen some of the teams that have already entered minicamp waived some of their players. The Tampa Bay Bucs waived a wide receiver not that long ago. So those moves can always happen in minicamp because that's the last that you will see from them before you get ready for training camp. So if you're going to make some moves right after minicamp is where you might open up some of these spots. Professor O says, I was begging to call a fake wide receiver screen and slip the blocking receiver downfield. Teams were all over the screens, would have led to a big play. Now, you also have that. Uh, I was looking at the Tampa Bay Bucks game the other night, and I remember that fake wide receiver screen with CeeDee Lamp, but that was not the blocking receiver. So, Professor O onto something here. That was a play in which, you know, CeeDee Lamb just went forward the screen and then he just went downfield. Gabriel Cox says Gregory. Matt, we, Matt Oletsko versus Rich Way. I would watch that, says Toxic Tom. Just two athletic freaks going at it. Well, Rich Way, not that much of an athletic freak though, right? Valerie Rodriguez says that's because Jerry Jones was jealous of Jimmy Johnson years ago. Talking about the ring of honor there. Yeah, it's a complicated storyline. It's a complicated storyline, but hey, that's a good that's a good summary, I believe. Primetime fight. <laughs> Tyler Smith at left tackle says Kevin Knight. Will we see more of that or will we see him exclusively at left guard? Now that it's their final chance to get some work in. We could see more of him as a left tackle. Also, where is Sam Williams lining up? We talked about it last night. Where will Sam Williams line up? Is he going to be used as a versatile player or more, more of a full-time edge rusher? I'm just excited. It starts tomorrow. Make sure that you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas to keep you updated. Make sure that, of course, you check out Skywalker's show in the mornings, my show at night, and I'm excited about this whole thing. If you miss these shows live, you can always listen to them after they stream over there on the podcast platforms, on the iTunes platforms. 
Thank you for joining Primetime tonight. I will leave you. I will let you go watch the NBA Finals Game 5. Thank you to Professor O for keeping us updated in the comments. 26 to 16. Now he says, let's go, let's go watch the game. And I will see you tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Central. Do me a favor before you go, though. Hit the like button. Share the stream. And I will see you tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Central. Thank you, guys. Enjoy your Monday night.